Father, we thank you for today, God, every hearing ear. Father God, we ask you to help us to endure, to come through, to work through. Father God, let your, the teaching anointing, Lord, let revelation come forth, Father God. Speak to us, show us the way, make us strong, God. Let virtue be created inside of us, God, and, and all around us, God, that your kingdom will come wherever we are, just as it is in heaven, right where we are. Father God, let us know how to, how to operate in your kingdom, how to walk in your kingdom, how to walk in truth and love at all times, God, no matter what resistance comes against us, no matter what persecution comes from the right or the left or from behind, even attacks from behind, the friendly fire, even from in the church, those that think they know you in a certain way or manner that haven't, haven't begun to walk in the spirit of love and truth and a sound mind in their, in their life, Father God, that in the spirit of Cain that comes behind us and tries to uh, take us out. In the mighty name of Jesus, Father, we thank you that our weapons of warfare are not mighty, but carnal, uh, not, not mighty or carnal, but mighty in pulling. They are mighty, and we do not fight against flesh and blood, against spirits and principalities in high places. So our weapons are not carnal, but mighty in pulling down strongholds and every other thing that exalts itself above the Word of God, above the Spirit of God, above the truth of God, above the Holy Spirit. And we are mighty. Today we're going to find out how mighty we are. We need to stand in it. I was going to call this message, filter it. But when I do stuff like that, it just seems like people don't. When you say little things in the Bible, because everybody wants to know. And so I'm going to, this message is called, Casting Down Imaginations. Casting Down Imaginations. 2 Corinthians 10. And let's just start, think about this. The mind is the filter to the soul. 2 Corinthians 10 says, Paul says this, I beseech you by meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in present and based among you, but being absent, I am bold towards you, but I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present with that confidence wherewith I think to be bold against some which think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war against the flesh. For our weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Everybody say, not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And having in readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Do you look on the things after the outward appearance? If any man trusts in himself that he is Christ, let him of himself think this again. That as he is Christ, even so we are Christ. 
For though I should boast somewhat more of our authority, which the Lord has given us for edification and not for your own destruction, I should not be ashamed. For that I may not seem as if I would terrify you by the letter. For his letters say they are weighty and powerful, but his bodily presence is weak. And his speech con contemptible. Let such one think this. Let such one think this. That such as we are in word, by letters we are absent. Such we also be indeed in our present. For we dare not to think ourselves, to number ourselves, to compare ourselves with ourselves with such that we command ourselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves, comparing themselves among themselves is not wise. Comparing yourselves with one another. Well, he did this and she did that. It doesn't matter. What did Christ want you to do? What would God do? What would Jesus do? Because if, if our measure is always Christ, then we always know we have room for, for, for growth and maturity. And if Christ is our measure, then there's no... There's no place for any uh, compromise. But he will not boast in the things without the measure, but according to the measure of the rule, which God has distributed to us, measure to reach even unto you. For we stretch not ourselves beyond the measure, as though we reach not unto you, that we come as far as to you also, preaching the gospel of Christ, not boasting in things without our measure, that are, that are men's labors, but having hope when your faith is increased that you shall be enlarged by the according of your own rule abundantly to preach the gospel into the regions. Boast on another man's lines in another man's line of things made ready to our hands. But he that is glorified, let him glory in the Lord. For he commended himself to be approved of himself. The Lord commendeth. I want us to focus and think, think right now on imaginations. Imaginations. Forming new ideas or images or concepts, external objects not present to the present senses. Created power, minds, eyes, interest, fascinations, Attentions, passions, curiosities, preoccupation, creativity, vision, inspiration, insight, intentiveness, in invention, resourcefulness, initiative, originality, innovation, individuality, orthodoxy, nonconformity, flair, artistry, Artistic power, imagination. So when we go back to this thing about imagination in the world, it says that's a good thing. Be creative and all that. And even in the in the uh, Seven Mountains teaching, they say that's that's what's crept in the church that gets everybody bound up by their by their own imagination. Because when you start to imagine, you imagine things that aren't really of God. You need to be stable on, on the Word of God, not not stable on the mountains of this world. So he says this, 
Though I walk in the flesh, I do not war, but it's the flesh for my weapons of warfare are carnal and mighty through God and pulling down strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. Anything that comes against the word of God and you start thinking about it as an imagination. The devil will put imaginations in your mind and then you start to imagine people differently than they are. You start to imagine situations differently than they really are. When we start to imagine, we start to get into the Satan's playground. God told me that this is his definition for imagination. An image of your own making. Satan will make you something look like he wants it to look like to you, then he's got you. The scripture says to think on things above. Philippians 4, 3 through 9. I entreat you to also, yoke fellow, help those women who labored in the gospel. And the Clement goes on and on. So, Father, so rejoice. And number four, verse 4, I'm going to go to verse 5. Let your moderation be known to all men. Let the Lord, that the day of the Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, in prayer and supplication, giving thanksgiving requests be known unto God. Let the peace of God which passes all understanding, shall guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, and whatsoever things are just, and whatsoever things are pure, and whatsoever things are lovely, and whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and I could say whatsoever things are true, there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace shall be with you. So meditate on those things. Imagine those things. Think on those things. And peace will be in your heart. So many people are running around without peace in their heart or in turmoil because Satan is always looking for whom he may devour. He's always looking for someone he can mess with. But when we're in Christ, we can't be messed with. What we allow as truth will determine what we believe. What we entertain and do not take captive is what will destroy you. See, the battlefield in Christianity is not in flesh and blood. It's not standing really in front of, at all in front of the abortion clinic and which these things are, are, are honorable and good, and, and I'm not saying, you know, not to do these things, but that's not how we really fight. We fight in virtue. We fight in imitating Christ. We fight in not allowing the devil to intimidate us, to mess with us, to get us to take the bait, in other words. An offense is probably one of the greatest baits of Satan, but he has all kinds of baits, drugs, uh, women or men, I mean, a lust, I'm not trying to pick on any kind of, anything that he tempts us with is his bait. And once we take the bait, we take him on. So captivity, we must take these things in captivity. He gives you thoughts, sometimes you think they're your thoughts, but he's, he has the power to give you thoughts. And when those thoughts do not line up with the the Bible and, and what God really says, then you need to take them captive. Captivity, the state of, of being held, imprisoned, enslaved, confined, 
related words, bondage, imprisonment, slavery, incarceration, custody, constraint, enslavement, and intimament, limbo, selfdom, subjection. That's a real strong one we always use. Take those thoughts into subjection. Take them, put them. You be the own uh, officer of your life. You, you arrest them and you put them where they're supposed to be, back, back in darkness, back in outer darkness. You do not receive them. Then, what gets, see, because Satan starts here. He can't start in your heart. You're the, the guard of your heart. And let, let Jesus be the guard of your heart. Let the Word of God be the guard of your heart. But it starts here. The mind. Thoughts. Imaginations. Lies. Thinking something, something when it's not really that thing is called deception too. The devil's main agenda is to deceive us in any realm that he can. So then when he gets in your mind, then he gets into your heart. And then he wants to get into your mouth. He gets in your heart, those are the seeds. Because you have a once it's always going to come in your mind. There's nothing you can stop about wrong thoughts. You can make the, hang around the right people, not people that are saying the bad. There's lots of ways to avoid it. But Satan will always try to get you to have a bad thought about someone, something, or some situation. It's up to you to deflect it, to take it captive, and to, to cast it down or out. So this is how he works. And our weapons, you know, we can get here, but the, time, the only time we start to do warfare is already when the devil's beating us up. But we're talking about, Jesus is talking about living and walking in victory all the time. He didn't, he didn't go up and say, let's go to the mountain and do spiritual warfare. And they get out the flags and, and get all these things. There's, very, there's, there's a lot of acts, prophetic acts done in the Bible, such as he struck the ground in the, the, the water. Um, there's acts in the Bible where, you know, let me think of some where Jesus said dip seven times. I mean, there's prophetic things God but it's not all the time. That's not our warfare. You know, march around the city seven times. There's a reason God did those things, but there's really no power in those things now in the New Testament because the power really comes from within us. The power that we have now in the New Testament is standing in, in all obscurity, standing in the day of darkness and not giving in to the devil. Standing when the devil comes just like he came to Jesus in the wilderness and he said, if you be the Son of God, he stood on who he was. He didn't, he didn't let the devil get him to try to prove himself. He didn't let the devil get him to try and, 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 and do the things. He came back with the word, which is the sword. So he, had, he was the full armor of God. And he is the full armor of God. So, when we... Then when we begin to speak those things, then we begin to create an atmosphere. Because God has given us the power to create. He's given us the, the power to speak those things and create things in this world. He gave it to us. When God said, let there be light, there was light. When He said this, He said that. That's why He said, decree and declare a thing and it shall be established. 
He said, speak to that mountain and that mountain will be removed. He didn't say, you know, ask it. He didn't say ask God. He said speak to it because he gives us, he's trying to explain to us the power that we have. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. So, those, so if he gets a hold of your mouth, then what does that do? He starts creating the atmosphere, the things that he wants to, and that's why many false prophets Come and fortune tellers speak to the devil, even though it might seem good or seem okay. Fortune tellers will not, they're not hearing from the Spirit of God, they're hearing from the devil. So what they'll do is tell you things, but if it's not God's will for your life, it's, it's divination. We've heard some of these things before, but we're going to be focusing on the main issue today about the filter of the mind and casting down imaginations. Because that's where, that's the door, and that's where we need to be strong. Because then it says, the Bible says, the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, but if you don't let it get in your mind, it can't get in your heart. Luke 6, 44 through 46. For every tree is known by its own fruit. For thorns of men do not gather figs, and in a bramble bush gather they grapes. A good man, and God says we're all supposed to be good men in the kingdom of God. out of the good treasure of his heart. Bring it forth that which is good. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, bringeth that which is evil. For the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. See, it gets in your mind, then it gets in your heart. Once your heart gets, offenses are, are offenses mean they're already in your heart. When you're offended, it's already taken root in your heart. That's why before it gets in your heart, we forgive 70 times 70. There's always a kind of a process. The devil just can't take you over. He works on you. And then we have the word. And when we keep allowing him because of our needs, our pride, our own desires of being right or whatever, thinking that we want justice, then we have the whole word of God that God says, to all of us about the one that was given, forgiven all these things and then was thrown into prison. There's a reason Jesus spoke, speaks adamantly about these things because it's one of Satan's biggest tools is offense. So in James, the tongue cannot be tamed. It's only by the Holy Spirit. So you must be in submission and walking in the Spirit at all times. Submissive to the Holy Spirit. That's how we, we fight. We stay in Christ. We... Stay in, in submission to the Holy Spirit. We win every battle. Like the number of songs, how I fight my battle, sitting at the table of the Lord. That's how we win. We sit with Him and we stay with Him. Because anyone that exalts itself above Him, anything that we allow to get in, God says it's our own fault. But later on, when, things, when we let all those things in and, things, and all hell breaks loose and we feel horrible, the devil has us focus on all the reasons that it happened. But the real reason in the body of Christ that it happens, he's saying it was because was we allowed it. Because it doesn't matter who the devil uses, we are the, we are, this is our temple, and we are to guard it with our life. We are to stand against the wiles of the devil at all times because for our own good. Remember that saying, it says like when you, when you allow offense in, or you don't forgive someone, and that person's already 
okay. It's like, and you're still keeping that. You're, it's like stabbing yourself. It's like drinking poison. It's like putting yourself uh, in, in like into into the devil's torment. And, and, and the whole time Satan is deceiving you and laughing at you because the person that he used to do whatever he did to you has already got right with God or whatever and you didn't let it go. And now you're in hell when you're supposed to be living in the kingdom of God. And I see this happen with so many people. People will be your, like on, even on thing. Like I saw so much racism come forth out of a poster and it's like wow these things some things are deep in us and it takes certain things to really rise people up because they haven't they didn't take those things captive and destroy those things in their life so then now they're stumbling blocks to their freedom in Christ James 1, 25-26 says, But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the, of, of the work, this man shall be blessed indeed. If any man among you seem to be religious, seem to be a Christian, seem to be righteous, seem to be with Jesus, and bridle not his tongue, but to, but to seize his own heart, this man's religion, his belief, his faith is in vain. And that's where Satan wants to make you look stupid. That's where hypocrisy starts to come into people's lives. They hear the word. They can quote the word. They're so religious, they can even quote it more than you, but they don't, they don't do the word. God's not looking for us to memorize the Bible. He's looking for us to walk it out. Walk out the things that He's trying to help us be delivered from. And that all stands in our character. James 3 says this, My brother, be, be they be many masters, knowing that we shall receive a greater condemnation. For if many things we offend all, if any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and is able to bridle his whole. So in other words, if you can get Satan to stop getting you to use your mouth, you're, you're, in a, you're starting to be a very, very strong and good, good son. No matter what the circumstance looks like, do not let him speak the things he wants you to speak. Don't let him speak the bad. Don't let him speak what you see. I'm not saying about not uh, uh, letting someone know what they're doing and all that. I'm talking about negative negative agreement with the devil the devil is the is the is the father of negativity he's the negative one he'll he'll pretend to be on your side and then all of a sudden make you feel bad about yourself by the end of the night negative he works through pride he works through the roots of negativity negative agreement negative what's well, like negative oh god says you you're a royal priestess says i'm just a filthy sinner that's negativity that's condemnation. That's when the devil got you, start to cursing yourself. And then, oh, I'm never going to. You're, it's cur what do you mean you're never? God says we're overcomers. We're going to do it. That you're, now you're exalting. That's your own imagination. Now you're exalting your imagination above what the Word of God says you are. Unless you're not of the kingdom, then you're not even qualified to even hear this message, Act really. Because these are apostolic messages. This is an evangelistic message. This message... 
is for us who believe and are following Jesus. So, basically, that's how it works. He gets in, you meditate, then you believe it because it's, it's true at that moment, or it might be true because, you know, you, 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 you see that, and it's not virtue, it's not a good report, it's, it's, it's not good. And then all of a sudden you start speaking it. And then you say, well, I'm not, I cannot, I will not, I can't do it. Uh, and then, and you got to remember, a lot of these things begin to start up when that starts to happen. What's the first usually word? I. Who is Satan always? If I can be like God, if I, that's what he wants to do. So, so really, it's, it's, it's a high level of pride. Because we're, we're exalting our will, our emotions, our ways, our thoughts, everything above what God's actually said and done on the cross. So it's high level. And Satan comes in and, and say a good thing, he starts to eat our lunch. You know, Instead of giving our lunch like the little boy for Jesus to multiply it and feed the multitude, we give our lunch and we start cursing ourselves and everyone around us. And then we bring in satanic environment wherever we go. That's when people say, oh man, when that person came in, it's like a whole cloud came in with them. Why? Because Satan's got them to get down on, on, on start, and even offending, be offended at God. He'll get them to be offended with their brother and sister, offense with God, or themselves. I mean, that's all we have, right? God, people, our neighbor, and ourself. <laughs> and he'll start with yourself. Or your neighbor. And eventually then you're just mad at God because then he gets you to think that God is making you suffer and this is the cross. But that's not the cross. That's, 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 that's the prison of our own making. There's no mental torment on the cross. The cross is a, is a physical suffering for righteousness. A physical and, 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 and maybe a verbal suffering from other people or a persecution. And, and it could even be beatings on the but it's not a Satan. See, that's what I said before. The cross is, when you're at the cross and living on the cross, you're, you're in total sacrifice to Jesus. Satan can't touch you when you're on the cross, when you got your own cross. When you're denying yourself, you think what would happen? A sacrifice, right? And you're a living sacrifice. And you think the devil can come and touch God's sacrifice? What do you think he'll do to someone that touches the sacrifice? How many know when he, because that's where the glory is, at the cross. So how many know that when they even carried the glory wrong, God even destroyed them for doing, even, it's a very, God is not going to let anybody come and steal the sacrifice. Imagine somebody having the boldness to go into the temple all the way in and steal the sacrifice. You think they would have make it out of the temple alive? And that's, that's physical things. You think God's going to let the sea think Satan can come? No, he waits for you to get out of Christ so then he can come and basically have his way with, your, with our thoughts and our emotions. He can't touch you when you're in Christ. That's why the Bible says there's no condemnation um, those that are walking in Christ Jesus. And then it says, but if... But if you walk in the flesh, and that's in unforgiveness, bitterness, offense, 
But see, he doesn't start with a big thing. He starts with a little thing, a little thing, and he starts to sow these little seeds. But see, you didn't filter them right away. It's like this. You, you, uh, you, let's say a swimming pool, right? Now all the crap that comes in from the world just lands in the pool, right? But if you got a skimmer, especially the, uh, some of the ones I saw in Brazil or anything, it's a big net before it goes in through the system and gets in, you know, to the other filter. Because the only thing that really gets in there are little particles and stuff. But the bigger stuff gets in that net. And then, of course, there's another strainer in USA that's a bigger one that for bigger things that got in. And then it goes on and on and basically comes out. And that's what's called filtration. Well, our mind is supposed to filtrate everything that comes in from the world and the devil and go right out before it gets in our heart. Right? So then once in a while we go down to the pool because, oh, this has been a lot, but it didn't get into the, into the main core of that. And then it comes out and that's what our liver does to our whole body. It filters out all the crap that we eat, all the crap that we basically get in, even our kidneys, and, they, and, it, and it goes through and it cleans it and it cleans itself. And then, right? And then people that get a bad kidney, they have to go and get on dialysis because now they need a machine to help them clean the blood. But we are created automatically in the kingdom of God to be like this. So, once in a while, we got to knock that skimmer off and, and, get, and, and continue on to do these things. It's not something that automatically happens. It's, that is our warfare. Do you understand that? You see that that's the warfare. I mean, it's great. Sometimes you need to get the devil once you've repented and he's like, and then you do some warfare. But if we walk in this place of, of maturity and authority with Christ, we don't even have to deal with the devil on the level that we're dealing with on many, many times. And it says, so a perfect man will bright his whole body before the bits. We put bits in horse's mouth that we may obey us and we turn it turns our whole body. So he's talking about the tongue. This is the last thing the devil wants to get a hold of. That. So, what you go. You're on a horse, right? And you got the thing in the mouth. You can control the way the horse goes. He said that's how the tongue is. And, 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 and only the Holy Spirit can. So how do we do? We submit to the Holy Spirit. And we submit to the Word of God. That's how we control our life. And we live, live a, a life of meekness and in power. And then he talks about also the ships, which are, they are so great and they are driven by the wind, yet they are, they are turned about with a very small, look how small the tongue is and look how, how big our whole body is. And the Bible says that, our, that little tongue actually uh, basically steers our whole direction of our life because what we have the power to bless and curse and to to eat, and it says, eat the, uh, the good fruits that come out of the abundance of the, of the heart and speak the things that are not as though they are. Speak good things, things that are lovely, pure, and of good report. Speak those things that are not as though they are. And speak what God has told you, not what the enemy or what it seems like. If God said it to you, you need to keep speaking that. Satan will come and make you doubt it and then start to speak it. Well, that must not have been God, but it was God when you were walking in the Spirit. And he says that it's a great driven fierce winds, yet they are turned about by very small helm. And whatsoever they govern, 
Listen it. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. Behold, how great a matter is a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is, is a fire, a world of iniquity, and boasts great things. Behold, great a matter is a little fire kindleth. Okay, okay, so that, okay, little member are, okay, it's the tongue among our members. It's so small that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature. And it sets on hell, fire, on, fire of hell. For every kind of beast and the birds and the serpents and the things of the sea, tamed as it had been tamed of mankind, but the tongue can no man tame. That's why you've got to submit. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Submit to the word of God. Not your own imagination. Not what the devil makes you think. And then you can control your tongue. It is a very unruly and evil, full of deadly poison. Wow. Only when Satan's got a hold of it, though. If God's got a hold of your tongue, what are you going to do? You're going to pray in tongues. You're going to speak in tongues with an interpreter for the Baptists that are watching. And you are going to speak good things. Things of good report. Things of virtue. You're going to speak those things that the Bible says, not what Satan says, right? Okay, for there, here it goes. So, out of the mouth proceeds blessings and cursings. For these things, see, what Satan ends up doing is get you to curse yourself. So once you give him authority with your tongue, he gets, to, he gets you in more bondage. That's why people say, you know, it's like once you get, start sinning, it's like a slippery soap. And then all of a sudden, you know, the more times you stop and go back, seven more demons come because it, it, it gives him the power. And then you speak more and more. And then you don't, you got nothing whole, stopping you what you say. And then it says, Does a fountain send forth the same place, sweet, water, and bitter? Can a fig tree bear olive berries? Neither can a vine, a vine figs. So no fountain can yield both fresh Water and fresh, yield salt, water and fresh water. Who is a wise man and do with knowledge among you? Let him, <coughs> meekness of wisdom, but, here it is, if you have bitter envying, that's jealousy, spirit of Cain, strife in your heart, glory not and lie not, against the truth. Then that's what Satan begins to do. You start lying against the truth. He makes you, you start speaking what he's making, showing you, but it's not really what the Word of God says. And then you're lying, and then you're in his kingdom. You lie about what the Word of God says. You lie about faith. You lie about healing. You start speaking doubt and unbelief instead of truth and power. And, and then you become... Virtually, his puppet. And then, he ends up getting, then, you're, you, then he gets to make you condemned and depressed. And you feel horrible. That's how he does on every Christian. doesn't matter what elements he uses. His whole thing is to get you powerless and get you um, stuck. Or what they call that... Um, when you, everything stops, rigamorsis or something, and you can't be moving in the body. 
Wisdom descended not from above, but is, this wisdom is not from above, but is earthly, but is carnal, sensual, and dev devilish. For where there is strife and confusion in every evil work, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy, and the fruit of righteousness is sown in the peace of them that make peace. And all of us walk like that when we're in Christ. So we need to filter it right away. You cannot let them get into your heart. You need to, to make sure, first of all, if your net's broken, you better go mend it or buy a new net. Because if your stuff keeps getting through your filter, you already got your heart contaminated. Because now you've opened the veil of, of your mind because of what's your heart, because you're... And then your tongue is directing and things are just start coming in, coming in. These are, those, these are the three steps the devil uses. Mind, then heart, then mouth. And once he's got your mouth, then he's got your future. Because our future is in our mouth. Jesus said, speak, and there was life. And the tongue is life. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. So basically his end resort is he wants to get a hold of your mouth. And he's so deceptive that he's got a hold of preacher's mouth. Everything. That's why we see all these religious people attacking people, about straining at gnats, about everything, but they're, they're, they're far from love and truth. They're, they attack, they yell at you, they call, they scream, and you're a drunkard, you're this, you're that, you're going to hell. That's not how we win people either. We win people by what? Preaching the gospel, Bringing the power of God, casting out demons, and living in virtue and light. And that's why Satan wants to put darkness inside of each and every one of us. Nobody's special. Some of us, ha he can get a hold of once in a while, but it's not because you're special. It's because you've got to learn how to cast down. You got, and, and, and when your heart is not healed, it's easier for him to get through the filter. When people have... Wounds in the hearts from past and from childhood and different things. It's easier for him to beat you down or to make you feel condemned because of your past. You lived the life of that. That's why the old man has to die and the new man has to live. You can't live and let the old man live any longer. You got you to be crucified with Christ. And it's the cross that heals us. It's not a step program. It's the blood of Jesus. 1 Corinthians 13 says this is how we do our warfare. I'm going to go to verse 3. Though we bestow all our goods to the poor and our body be burned, it profits us. Love, here's it, we suffer long. We don't say that's it. If that, if that person does this one more time, that's what Satan. Then you already spoke it. Even if you don't say it out of your mouth, you're already thinking it. Eventually what you think and think and think is going to come out of your mouth because what you're thinking is going to go in your heart and contaminate your heart. Suffer long. It's kind, charitable, envieth not, does not, vaunt, does not lift itself up and is not puffed up, does not behave itself unseemingly, seeks not her own, is not easily provoked. See, once 
You're, everyone's good at this in the spirit, but once, once, once the filter's full or the heart got, it, it, it's, it's easily provoked instead of not easily provoked. When you're in the spirit, it's hard to be provoked easily. So when you're provoked, when you start to be getting provoked really easily, you got to know you got to do something. You don't wait till he has you in prison tormenting you right away. You're like, wait, you, sh you know you're in the flesh. There's no way to walk in love in the flesh. Love and the flesh are two different kingdoms. It can't happen. People live in the world and they have a false type of love. Yeah, but I'm talking about real God love. It thinks no evil. Rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endureth all things. And you always win. So he says never fail. But let's just say you always win when you're walking in love. The devil always loses when you're walking in love. God love. I'm not talking about false Christianity love or false light. Weapons. Having army, being determined to walk in love and virtue. Ephesians 6 says it like this. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor father and mother, which is your first commandment and promise, that it may be well with you. You may live along. Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath or anger, but bring them up in nurture in the admonition of the Lord. Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, and singleness of heart, as unto Christ, not with eye servants as man-pleasers, but as servants of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. It's impossible to do the will of God once Satan gets in. With good will, doing service unto the Lord, not unto men. Because even if you're doing these things and it's on demand, you still have an agenda in your heart. And if you're doing them to be seen, there's, it's still about you. Everything we do unto the Lord should be invisible. And if it's seen, it's because God wanted to be seen, not because you wanted to be seen. Masters, do the same things. Forbearing, threatenings, knowing that your master also is in heaven. Neither is there respect of persons with him. Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So He's telling you what you do. And when you're in the Spirit, you have on the armor of God, period. For we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers against rulers against darkness against spiritual wickedness in high places so we wrestle not against flesh and blood we wrestle against these powers but how do these powers get in through imaginations through lies through different things that through temptations and vices and other things they cannot just walk in uninvited you have to open the door See, and the door is the filter. You have to open your mind and say, come into my heart and defile me. That's why God says that He'll let nothing come that we're not able to, to, to do it. 
No temptation can overtake me. That's not common to man. But when we are tempted above what we can, it's because we allowed, because of the lust of our heart, basically let it happen. So we have to be. This is our warfare. I mean, I got nothing against flags. We do them, whatever. I have nothing against uh, warfare prayers and everything. But if we all live like this, we won't even have to do warfare prayers because Satan will be outside of our minds and our hearts. Finally, brother, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the full armor of God and stand in the wiles of the devil. For we don't... There's people all over the kingdom saying, oh, Satan's not even real. See, they go to church and they're like, they don't even know about standing against the devil. And what are they, what are they doing there? How are they ever going to be affected if they don't even learn what, what, what they have to stand against? For we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. When is the evil day? Every day? Monday? Maybe it's Thursday to you? Evil day? Whatever day He comes to you. And also, we have the day of the mark of the beast, too. That, that's a real strong evil day. When... If you don't have the full armor of God, how are you going to face the biggest fear of your life? You're dying. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. So you got to be full of truth. Having on the breastplate of righteousness. What do you mean? Walking in righteousness. Your feet shod with the preparation of God. So your feet got your army boots on. You're ready to... to to walk out this gospel, to preach the gospel. Your shield of faith, so you be strong in your faith. So what? Arrows come. Whatever's coming from the devil, your faith. No, the Word of God says this. The Word of God says this. And then, as you're resisting them, just take them out with the Word. And then the fight's over. Know what's going on? Devil comes, says something, and you're like, you're right. And you give him your helmet. And then all of a sudden, he keeps saying something, then you take off your breastplate, and then he's got your heart, and then you give him, they're not righteous anymore because now you let him in your heart. And then you've already dropped the sword because you're already handing over all your stuff. You need both hands. So you lay down the sword. Then the other demon came and took that sword and he ran off and gave it to the other ones. Then they bind you, your hands, and then they take off your shoes and push you down on your butt. And then they take your boots off. And then they want to make fun of you. And then they take off your, all the truth that you have and take off your, your stuff that's supposed to protect your, your loins. And then they mock you and laugh at you. And then they got you started agreeing with them. Because they, they start to show you what, what you what you look like out of Christ. When we're supposed to stand for what we look like in Christ. And then we're in torment. Starts with one offense, one wrong thought, one, and then it comes. It's like a slippery slope. But thank God for grace, thank God for the blood, and thank God for the power of repentance. Because we can come out of it anytime we want. But I'm sick of people there for more than an hour, two hours, three hours, or a couple days. That's not, 
That's, that, that only is saying that you're not letting your faith activate. You're not, all you have to do right then is say, God, help me, I'm wrong, forgive me, I repent, yep. and actually repent. Right then. But if you live in a place where you don't even let it go, you don't even have to go into the valley, into the, into the prison of, of our own making. So stand against the armor. Your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And you're walking in peace no matter what. Devils are around you. You can still walk in the peace of God. Above all, taking the, the shield of faith, every quench, every fire, everything He throws at you. Poop, poop, poop. Even in your sleep. See, even in my sleep, the devil can attack me and I'm sleeping. But if I wake up and believe, because he does it, if I believe what he's trying to tell me at night and live my day and go on, no, before I even get my coffee, I already get back in who I am and I got to meditate on God. And he just goes, Ugh. well, we'll try again tomorrow night. And then, you know, you keep doing it and then he'll resist and he'll go. And then he'll wait a while, a couple months. Let's go see. Let's see where he's at now. You know, he just got in a kind of a fight with that one and they're attacking him on Facebook and they're, let's get, let's go tonight and see where he's at. See if he's going to, and then if, if he gets you to be depressed all day, he's got you and he shut you down for, on, he shut you down for Tuesday and Wednesday. You're no good for God. You're no good for yourself. You're no good for the kingdom. And he's like, well, at least we shut him down for a minute. Let's go in now, destroy his spoils and destroy people around him and let people see how how imperfect that person is and all this. So then later they don't... And he goes on and on. His whole kingdom is to steal, kill, and destroy. And ours is to live and have life and life more abundantly. And that's how he works. That's our weapon. That's how we fight. Praying always. There you go too. Praying always with prayer and supplication. One thing we stop to do when we when the devil gets our arm and everything, we stop praying. We start and we start what? Whining. When when prayer turns to whining, we know that we're under Satan's control and power. And then you know you don't want to hear people to hear you whining, so what do we end up doing? We run and hide. All of us here have done that in this room. Where are you at, man? Oh, where are you at? You're not even on the Facebook. Maybe your hiding is I'm not gonna text for a couple days. I've seen many of you do that, you know what I mean? Or I don't want to go to, or you or we just go and we just sit in the corner and we don't even participate. You know, I gotta show up, right? What are they gonna think? Or right? So so we all get that. Or I don't want to go. I don't want to be. But when you're walking in the spirit, you always want to be where the spirit is. And we forget that we don't want to be where the devil is, but we we that's the whole fig leaf thing. That's the shame. That's how God was like Eve. We're, what, what, what was going on? Why are you naked? Oh, because he was trying to let her know why she's naked because she felt ashamed. Why do you feel guilt when there should be no guilt in Christ? There's no more guilt. There's no more shame. There's no more condemnation. And that's why he says, gird your sword. Gird your... Well, even when he tells you, you speak the word back to him just like Jesus did. He might not audible. His thoughts are him. He works through thoughts, negative thoughts. That's how he works. One day all of a sudden you start thinking bad about yourself. Wait a second. Or letting someone else say something that they have no right to say negative. Maybe they're right at that moment. But you know what? The devil used them and maybe they didn't mean it. And you're using it against them. Then you're going to be in trouble. Because you need to protect your own, your own vessel. You need to protect your own, your own temple. 
God doesn't get mad at them because they got in the flesh. He gets mad at us because we now allow the devil to tell us who we are instead of what the Bible tells us who we are. And we don't cast down every imagination, every high thing that it's been exalting ourselves above what the Word says we are. Our identity, our identity is in these pages, not in the newspaper, not in Satan's mouth. So praying always, and for me, that the utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly. See, that's why he says go boldly to the throne of grace. Well, you know you are not bold at that time. That's when you need to say, you know what? But Jesus died for you. You know what? If I confess my sins, if I go boldly, because I know what he did, and I but I go very humbly, you can go boldly crawling on your belly. And be boldly because you're not going there because you're going to his throne of grace because you know it's there because of what he did for you. And it's always accessible. But if we live a life of offense, we're, we're going to be living in depression and anxiety and fear. Because perfect love casts out fear. And God is love. And those that love him must love him and worship him in spirit and in truth. Praying always. That's the key right there. For which I am an ambassador in bonds, therefore I may speak boldly that I ought to speak. But thou also may know my affairs, and beloved brother, faithful ministers in the Lord, shall make known all these things. Brother, in the love and the faith in God, Father and Lord Jesus Christ. Pride breeds unforgiveness. To any ought against you, you can't, no matter what. That's why Peter said, Jesus. But you know, it's all day long. How many times, Peter? Lord, 70 times 70. Forgiveness is the number one key to keeping the devil out of your life. It's number one. Because even if you get offended, if you forgive immediately, the devil has to go. Because once you don't forgive, the offense gets in your heart. That's one of the, the things. The filters is forgiveness. That's the main filter, forgiveness. Oh, but you don't know. Oh, I know. <laughs> we live in this world too. We know how it is. Oh, but you don't know what this per. See, no, we know. But you know what he expects, what he wants. Why? Because he loves us. And he loves and he wants us to be protected. And he's given us the power over all sickness, disease, and everything that exalts itself above, uh, above God. He's given us the power against all of those things. But you have to believe it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, not by hearing the devil. And then what does it say? You who are spiritual, you who are in the spirit, go to your brother and restore him in a spirit of what? Meekness. Not in a spirit of... You know, I'm going to go there, but they better apologize. Not in a spirit of, well, I need to talk to them because, you know, I want to, I want to, you know, I, I want to talk to them because I hate feeling like this. No, you shouldn't even be feeling like that. The person, no matter who did it, even if you're, even if you're the one that got offended, you need to go and say, hey, you offended me. But in meekness, not in anger. You offended me, but let's not let the devil get in our relationship because you know what? It's, there's no way because he's, he's. He's not our Father. God is, boom, it's over. But when we have too much pride to do that, because we say, well, you know, it might happen to someone 15 times a day. Well, you know what? Pride will say, I can't do that again because oh, it's, I do this all the time. Satan's got you. He's already had, that's an imagination. 
That's, that's, that's an imagination. It's above the Word of God. The Word of God says 70 times 70. There's not after four times be prideful and say, well, I don't want to look stupid. Well, you're going to look worse in five or six days if we don't get the devil out of our lives. Right? So, and that's what he'll make you think. Oh, you can't do that again. You just got offended yesterday. My God, they're going to say you're the, you always get offended. No, they're not. That's the devil lying. Nobody, people respect people more when they're honest with one another all the time. And, and when and someone humbles himself, man, it just brings in the glory of God. People get mad and all of a sudden, you could be at it with someone with truth. Now, I'm not talking about arguing or fighting, but all of a sudden, when they see it, they say, bro, I see that. Something just happens. Like, oh man, I didn't, just a word like, wow, I didn't see it like that. Thanks. Whoa, you're just like, whoa, you know what? And you just get in relationship with this person on Facebook, whatever. But pride says, no, you got to see it that way. Block. And he's like, you got to be led by the Spirit. When we want justice, when we want to be right, when we want to, and, and we want to even wait on someone else to come and acknowledge they're wrong, every minute you wait, you're slipping down a slippery slope to be tormented. Most of the time, the person that offended you didn't even realize that. And then that person or another person and other people end up offending you very quickly that never offend you. Then that person that offended you, all of a sudden what ends up happening is <laughs> little things now just start piling up because and, and, and little, you get offended so easily. Something that would take something big now is just a little thing and a little thing and a little thing. So he says, come and acknowledge you're wrong, and every minute you wait, slippery slope. So Jesus talks about this, about offenses. He says this, and I'm almost done. He said, he called the little child to himself. He says, bring him into the midst of the Pharisee, except you, you be converted and become like this little child. You cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Innocent, pure, right? What are little children? They, they have faith. They believe what mom and dad say. You know, that's why we hate all these pagan and lies of the, of the world because kids believe what parents say and then later they're not going to believe what Jesus is real because later when they start thinking on their own, well, that's why we got to always tell the truth. Amen. doesn't matter how old the children are because when they get older, they're not going to believe people that lie to them. So we call the little children. What are little children? They're innocent. And they don't have evil in their heart until they get evil in their heart from being contaminated by the world. And he says, Therefore, therefore, be humble yourself like this little child shall be the greatest in the kingdom. And he that receives... But then he says, Whoa! Also shall offend, if you offend one of these little child, so if you offend somebody that's walking in meekness, walking in the Spirit, and doing all the right things, and you get offended by that, or you offend little ones in Christ that are just coming into the kingdom, like the legalistic Christians and the bashers and the beaters and the spirit of Cain, you better be careful because God doesn't play with that type of things. And that He... It's better that he be drowned in the sea with a millstone hanging around his neck. Woe unto the world because of offenses. The world is the welcome. Walk out that door. This is the world. Satan is the prince of it. 
but we're not of it, right? We live in it, but we're not supposed to operate in its, in its laws, in its... I'm, I'm talking about the laws of man. I'm, I'm, talking about, I'm not talking about not obeying laws of the land. I'm talking about spiritual laws, like God's laws first before what man tells you to do. Even though man tells you you can, you can go kill a baby doesn't mean it's right. So we, we, God is our high power. God is the high, He's the one that we, we look to. And the Word of God is our measure. Not what man thinks or says or their own understanding. It's got to be God's Word. The Bible says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but acknowledge Him in all of your ways and He directs your path. So we either have the devil directing our path or God directing our path. Who do you choose today to direct your path? That's why God said, If God be God, serve Him, and if Baal be Baal, serve Him. I mean, there's, we're caught between two things. If Satan wants to pull you into his realm and live like the world and think like the world, and then you, you, you shut out the kingdom of God in your life. So he says, Woe to the, unto the world and offenses, for the needs of offenses come out. Woe to that man by whom the offenses come. Woe by the offenses come. Wherefore... If thy hand offend thee, cut it off. Cut off if from thee. It's better for your whole body to be maimed than rather than having two hands or feet cut. Offense can drag you into hell. It says it right here. You better cut it out of your life. And if thy eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. It's better for you to have one eye rather than having two eyes and cast into hellfire. They say, don't keep that thing on your body. Take heed, yea, despise not one of these little ones, for I say unto you, the heaven and the angels do also behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. For the Son of Man is come to save and seek that which was lost. How having a hundred sheep and then it goes on and on. And then it goes on and on. And then he talks about the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who owed 10000 all this money. And he says he went to pay. And his wife and his children that had the payment to be made. The servant there fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me till I pay thee all. Then the Lord said to that servant, He was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave his debt. This is what God's done to all of us. That's what Jesus said, If you don't love your brother, then you're a hater. Then the love of the Father is not in you. Well, who's in you at that point? But the same servant went out and he found one of his fellow servants which owed him money. So this person, a believer... God forgave him. Now he's saying, now you better do the same to everybody, especially those in the household of God. If God forgive you all your sins, how can you hold any sin against someone else? And he laid hands on him and he took him on his throat and said, you better pay me. And God's looking like this. Wow. And he's like, look what you did last week too and all these things and I keep forgiving you because you have a right heart. Now... Someone else does something to you? How dare you? This is how God says, says, really? God's like, my hands are off this. You, you know. And he lets the devil have you. 
He does. That's what he does because he knows that's the only way he'll get you back. He so fell down on his feet and saw him saying, have patience with me. So God's expecting us to do the same thing to everyone that we come in contact with that he's done unto us. That's what true Christianity is. That's what high warfare is. It's not casting out demons to, to a point. Casting, out, casting the demons away, stopping the demons from getting around you is your high warfare. And would not. He went and cast him into prison till he would pay his debt. Now we say, you'll be in prison till you repent. <laughs> and we can be in prison right here because if we start getting tormented by the devil and start believing and start speaking death, we're, we're in the spiritual prison. That's what he's talking about in the spirit right now. To his fellow servants he saw what was done, and they were very sorry, and they came and told unto the Lord what was done. Then the Lord after that had called him and said unto the wicked servant, I forgave you everything because thou desired me. Why should you not have had compassion also on your brother and have even as I had pity on thee? And the Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay. This compassionate guy, which he's speaking of God, Delivers them over. Who's the tormentor? The devil. The Bible says Paul tur turned people over to even by the, by the leading of God over to the devil that their destruction of their flesh. The devil will destruct. If you're a son of God, it's for your own good because the devil will get you humble eventually. He thinks he's going to take you out. But, I, but Paul said, hopefully, the destruction of flesh that your spirit will be saved. And the Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors that he pay all what was due unto him. So likewise shall it be of my heavenly Father do also unto you if you from your hearts do not forgive not every brother that trespass against you. God's not saying, oh, let me deal. And you want justice? All the, what happens if you want justice for your brother? Everything that you've done before... It now comes back on you. When you judge, you're judged to the same measure that you judge. I'm not talking about testing the spirits. I'm talking about judging and not forgiving. Standing in unforgiveness. The devil roams around looking. Looking for what? Let's read First Peter. Likewise, younger, submit yourselves unto the elder and be subject one to another. And be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in due time. Casting all your cares upon Him, all your thoughts upon Him, all your imaginations, give it to Him. Line it up with Him. He, who is the Word? Jesus is the Word made flesh and He dwelt among us. And the Word is the Word written in here. And He came and He said that we must eat His Word and drink. Anything that comes against His Word or above His Word is not His Word. You need to submit it to the Word. And he that cares for you, be sober, be vigilant, because the adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. He can't devour anyone. Only if you get offended. Only if you don't forgive. Only if you let his take in what he says. If you believe his lies. 
The only way you can be deceived if you believe a lie. You can't be deceived if you're believing the truth. The truth sets you free. The truth is in us and he guides us in all truth. Only if we believe a lie. So it's the same with anything the devil says that doesn't line up with the word of God. It's a lie. And anything that exalts itself above the word is sin. Casting all your care upon him. For he does care for you. Casting. The devil now is a roaring lion walks who he may devour. Whom resists steadfast what? In the faith. Remember, don't be that person that dropped the shield because he gave the helmet because he believed the devil. See, so you need to give the, the helmet and then to take out the breastplate. Then all of a sudden you need both hands and you got to drop the sword because you got to know the word. And it's got to be written on your heart. And if the word's so written on your heart, it's not going to get in there. Whom resist steadfast in faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brother that are in the world. In Luke 17, 1-5. Then said his disciples, it is impossible, but that offenses will come. But woe unto him through whom they come. I believe he's talking about the devil. The devil brings... I, I believe the devil brings us to get offend, offended and offenses. So, woe to whom through whom they come. It's better for him to have a millstone hanged around his neck and cast in the sea that he should offend one of these little ones. Take heed to yourselves. If thy brother trespass against you, offend you, rebuke you, rebuke him, and if you repent, forgive him. So he's saying, go immediately. But we know from further scripture, don't go in a spirit of anger. When he says rebuke him, he's not saying, scream at him, you did this. Restore. Because we know in, in another scripture, he said, go to your brother, if he has ought of you, and let him know his, what, what he did. And if he repent, you better forgive him. Most likely, your brother's going to say, oh, really, I didn't mean that, or this is what I meant, or I'm sorry, I didn't, you know, or I was playing, forgive me, give me, and then you shut the devil out. But if you just take it in, and then the devil comes, and then he comes, and the filter gets torn, and all the crap gets in the heart, and now what? Eventually you start speaking. And if he trespasses against thee seven times a day, and seven times a day, Turn against thee, saying, I repent, thou forgiveth him. But you still need to forgive him, even if he doesn't forgive you. Because if you don't, you're still not lining up with Scripture. Because he says, we can't hold uh, unforgiveness toward anybody. So he's making an example here. But even if the brother says, ah, I don't like you anyway. Ben, are you going to let that take you to hell? Somebody that you don't even know, cursing you, and you find him, say, hey, what did you say to me? Or flick you off at the stop sign? It's usually people that we're closest to that only really be able to affect us like that. But let's say you cut someone off and, and, and you actually say sorry to them or something, and, or, and then you go to the next light, and now they're flicking you off, and what are you going to do? Are you going to let that bother your day or are you going to cast it away and, and submit and think on everything that's good and just forget about that, 
that person that's trying to ruin your day or the devil's using. That's basically it. Our, war, our weapons of warfare are not carnal but, carnal, but mighty in pulling down strongholds, casting down imaginations, and everything that exalts itself above this word. That's why it's so important to get this word. It's not, you can't just listen to a sermon every week and think you're going to make it. You need to become one with the word of God. Cast down and replace it what? With truth. Leviathan works on people's seeds in the state of meditation. Cast down and replace it with truth. What you believe is what you will receive. Right? A lot of people don't, get, don't receive things here because they really don't believe it. There's a fear. But there's no fear in love. So if you trust God, He's not going to let you give you... And if you ask for the Holy Spirit, He's not going to give you a stone. If you ask for bread, He's not going to give you... So thing is, your problem is, and your, your denomination is, and your fear is, you don't really trust God, because if you did, he, you would trust Him that He wouldn't let you, if you had a right heart, be messed with. He's got your back. Even if you hear wrong doctrine, if you humble yourself, He'll show you the truth. It doesn't matter what anyone even says to you that's wrong. You humble yourself and say, God, what is the truth? He'll show you. But if you live in fear, you don't receive even the spiritual things of God in your life. I'm going to recap this. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war against... Everyone can stand up. War against the flesh. For our weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not carnal. You're not going to change your brother in the flesh. Stop trying. It's a spiritual thing. Forgiveness. Casting down imagination. And letting God deal with the person in error is how we, we win the battle. I'm not saying that we don't go and show someone their error when God leads us, but let it be done by the Spirit. For our weapons of warfare are not carnal, but mighty in pulling down strongholds. See, once he gets a stronghold, then all of a sudden he's there in the mind now. He doesn't even leave. It's hard to even cast it down. He just keeps feeding the heart crap. Lies. Religious strongholds are the worst. You've seen them. Bat of different denominations, right? They shut out the Holy Spirit and all that. They never receive it. Anyone that doesn't, it's not because they this stronghold, this wall right there, it's like, so, so nothing can come in that's even from God. Casting down imaginations and every high thing. Satan wants to be the high thing. He always, goats want to be the high thing. That exalts itself above the knowledge of God. Bring into captivity. Arrest anything that doesn't line up with the Word of God. Every thought into the obedience of Christ. Father, we thank You, Lord. Father, we thank You that the battlefield is in, in, our, in our minds, God. And Father, gird our minds, gird our, gird our minds, O oh God. Let us think on everything that's lovely and pure, Father God. Let us walk in purity and faith, Father God. Father God, give us the clean hands. In a pure heart, Father God, that we will see you. We will see you in everybody, God. And even in ourselves when we look in the mirror, God. We will see you. We will not see what the devil wants us to see. What religion wants us to see. Or even what we want to see because we get offended. And then all of a sudden we become an enemy of the cross. An enemy of the kingdom of God. For our weapons are not carnal but mighty and pulling down all of these things that exalt itself in every imagination 
Father God, sanctify my, my mind, my imagination, that we will bring you glory in all that we do and we say and how we act, that the glory of God will rest upon us, that we'll be hidden in Christ, walking in joy and peace and love. Joy, peace, and love. This is our inheritance. This is, this is our inheritance. This is our promise that we'll have lack of nothing, that we can walk in integrity, in character, and in peace. That peace that surpasses all understanding. When all hell's breaking loose around us, nothing affects us. That's the kingdom of God. And that's our promise from our Father to us. Let us walk in it today and every day. In Jesus' name, amen.